excuse me. Uh, I received a call about some noise, complaints, a kind of party happening, a bash of sorts, and uh, you're going to need to keep it down. What's up, MTL people? Yeah, it's the MTL Birthday Bash 2020 during the pandemic. That's right. We're getting together tonight. We're celebrating birthdays, all birthdays, happening during the pandemic, the quarantine as we know it. We're celebrating my dad's birthday. Anne's birthday took place during the pandemic not too long ago. We're celebrating my birthday. I know Dominic DeLalo's birthday is today. I know that Dana Gleason's got a birthday in April. And don't forget about uh, all of the rest of you. Anybody else who has a birthday that I don't know about, happy Happy birthday, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Er, 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 er. No, no, but seriously. Okay, but my I walked downstairs looking like this, and my oldest kid just looked at me and said, oh, my. And I mean, like, I'm embarrassing him so bad right now. This is taking me back to my high school days. Some of you guys don't know this, but I was in choir. I was in show choir. I was in choir, and I was a part of a group that you could hire that we would come around to class, and we would sing songs and pull someone up and embarrass them in front of the entire class. You would pay to have this done. So this is bringing me back to when we would get up front, and we would be like, dun, 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 you know, do the whole YMCA thing, you know, like, oof, I'm feeling good. I told you guys to dress up. And I said, take, take that for whatever it means to you, right? Like, this is what it meant to me. Now, I don't know if I'm alone in this. I, I know currently, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up. I'm, I'm just going to, yes. Okay, hang on. All right, so I do have some pictures. I told people to send me some pictures so that I could show you guys that other people are currently, right now, they're celebrating they're making it happen. If I get some throughout the night, I'll make that happen too. But just so you know, I got this one earlier today. Let me see if I can. Ooh, yeah. I got this one. Yeah, Jenny. Jenny's celebrating with us. Here's another one. Sally. Sally sent in her picture. Um, let's get Emily. Emily and Matt. Trevor. They're, ooh, wait, wait, wait. They're in California. And they also wanted me to know that while they're celebrating, their cat, Kisa, is also celebrating with us tonight. And then we also had Grace. Yeah! She's celebrating right now. She's got her outfit on. If you're dressed up and you're celebrating tonight, you got to text me your pic. Text me your pics. I want to I wanna show some people out there what's happening. Because tonight is cause for celebration. Right? It is, it is, it is. And I'm not... On my own. I'm not all by my lonesome with this one. It's not happening. Tonight's the birthday bash 2020. And the title of tonight's talk, Anne is cracking up. I don't know if any of you guys can take me seriously. How long are you keeping this? Eventually, 
I'll peel some of this away so you guys can take me a little bit more seriously because tonight's talk is titled The Balancing Act. And it's going to be so good. I've been looking forward to this one. Now, again, we appreciate all the messages, texts, emails, videos, pictures, everything you guys have been sending us. Um, It shows how you're kind of taking action on some of the stuff we're talking about. I hope that since we had our last talk last Tuesday that you guys played two truths and one lie. I hope you did it. I hope you shared some stories, shared some connections, some interaction. I hope that you were able to experience the present moment in a kind of different, new way. I hope that you were able to sit, ask, and listen You know, into some of those bigger questions and some of those nudges that we talked about last time. I hope that you were able to send out love, strength, and support that you mustered up and held in your heart and held in your head and sent it out to others. I hope that you were able to receive it as well, what you needed since we got together last time here on Facebook Live. Now, anyway, all of that to say, on word tonight. We're going to talk about my, my oldest just walked in. He's desperately trying not to be seen and he feels pretty embarrassed. But um, we, we're going to talk about my old Halloween costume that you see on me. This is like two years ago. I did this for Halloween and I dug it out for the birthday bash tonight. And I don't know, like, all right, I'm going to lose some of this. Is that okay? It's going to get, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's lose the glasses. I'll even pull this off. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know if I can do it now. All right. I'll put it back on as time goes on, right? Now, hopefully you can take me a little bit more seriously without the glasses. Is that better, babe? Yeah. Somewhat better? Okay. Okay. I mean, you can grab me a hat if you want, but... Um, Now, growing up, I didn't celebrate Halloween, like, over the top. You know, I did what every kind of kid did growing up. I mean, it wasn't huge in my family. Um, But we did celebrate Halloween. I mean, a free chance to get candy. I was out there making it happen for sure. And I dressed up to some degree or another. But eventually that kind of wore off. And then I can remember a whole period of my life where I didn't even like celebrate Halloween. And then Ann and I moved to Breckenridge, Colorado. And the first Halloween here, I just didn't even see it coming. But Halloween in Breckenridge, Colorado is like a community event. I mean, people really get into it and they dress up and they celebrate and they have fun. And everybody is kind of like enjoying this and going out and having a good time. I remember we were leading Summit County Youth, the the, um, organization that we kind of mentored students and, and headed up this program for quite a while. And we would build a fun house every single year that the kids would like go down slides downstairs and get rolled around in tubes and like have to navigate their way through mazes we did all sorts of crazy awesome things and then we moved into this area called the wellington neighborhood so if you are watching listening tuning in right now and you're from the wellington neighborhood you know halloween is off the charts you've got to have like 500 pieces of candy for all the kids that are going to come to your place. And eventually, Ann and I started a free hot chocolate thing at our house. And we would hand out like over 200, 300 cups of free hot chocolate that evening so people could kind of warm up and just enjoy themselves. But Halloween was this true celebration, just a time to get together and hang out and have a good time. My favorite Halloween memory ever 
by the way, um, involved Sky, Summit County Youth, and we set up this huge, like, cool scavenger hunt that they would go around and do all these things and visit cemeteries and, and like, crazy stuff that would, like, kind of spook them out a little bit. But one point along the way, they would all get out of the car and all the leaders would say, hey, make sure you lock the doors and... You know, we want to be safe and we want to make sure that the doors were all locked. And so they would all get out of the car, go somewhere. And then I was hiding off in the distance and I had an extra key to every car that was used that night. And I got into the back of every car and I put on this mask and I jump up as they were pulling away and kind of freak everybody out on the inside. And there was this one student named Nick Springer who I screamed and he turned around and looked at me and he just hauled off and he just hit me right in the face, right in the nose, gave me a bloody nose. And I pulled off the mask and I was like, Nick, no, oh my gosh, no, it's just me. It's Phil. It's Phil. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And such a good memory though. I just remember celebrating Halloween ever since we moved here to Breckenridge and what a community connection moment it was. What a great and true celebration we had together. And right now, collectively, I I don't really feel like the overwhelming feeling that I sense is celebration. That's That's not the vibe I'm currently getting, and rightfully so, right? Rightfully so. I've talked with several people over the last few weeks who are feeling an array of emotions, all sorts of different things coming and bubbling up to the surface. Sometimes the people I've been talking with are like, you know what, I'm, I'm avoiding my emotions. Um, I'm trying to numb my emotions. I'm not quite sure what to feel. I don't want to feel this way. All that kind of stuff. It's like this struggle, this ongoing kind of fight with emotions. And so talking with these people, I, I get that the overwhelming sense of what people are feeling is just uncomfortable. Um, there's kind of like this collective dis comfort. And so earlier, I sent out an MTL email. If you're not on the list, you can go to our website, experiencemoretolife.com, and you can sign up for the email list. But I did send out an email, and in it, there was this link to an article. Um, What was the title? The title was, That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. And if you haven't found that, I mean, you don't even need to, like, get our email. Just Google that, right? Pull that up and find that article and Give that article a read. Please do. It's worth your time. It's worth your attention. That discomfort you're feeling is grief. Now, the big idea that comes out of that article is simply this, and I've got it written down, so I want to make sure that I say it right. It's important to acknowledge our collective and individual grief, to name it, to feel it, to manage it, And to also find meaning in it and through it and to keep going. I'm going to say that one more time. It is important to acknowledge our collective and individual grief, to name it, to feel it, to manage it, and to also find meaning in it and through it and to keep going. This discomfort, this this loss, this collective grief that we feel, it's happening both on macro and micro levels. And what do I mean by that? It's what I talked about last time. Macro level. Biggest story that we're feeling. But it's also happening on all these other little levels. These micro levels. Like of our, our small shared stories, our individual stories, our community stories, our local stories. Like happening on so many different levels and it's present and it's there 
collectively the world has changed, right? And there's this loss of normalcy. There's this loss of connection. There's this loss of safety. There's this loss of so much else on this macro level that we feel. And then individually, we've got the loss of life. We've got the loss of school. We've got the loss of jobs, the loss of interaction, the loss of schedules and planning, the loss of fill in the blank, because you know so much more. There's this loss happening, this grief happening. Now, me personally, I'm going to name some of it tonight. I'm going to let you in on my story a little bit, and hopefully as I let you in on my story, you can also reflect on yours. One of the biggest losses that my family's feeling right now is this loss of a trip to Costa Rica. We were all set and prepared, and we had splurged to travel to Costa Rica with a dear family, um, the Gledhills. The Gledhills and us were close, and we wanted to travel with them to this place in Costa Rica that sounds magical. They've been sharing stories with us for years about this place that they visit and this nonprofit that they work with and that they're really interested in acquiring. And um, it's, it was going to be something really great to travel there with them and to work and to be in that country and to see this place that brings them so much life. And to put our hands to work as a family and get to experience that. And we were going to go check it out because then next year we were hopefully going to take more to life people there and extend it out and make like a service project trip out of it. And sadly, that trip is canceled. And we're feeling the loss of that time that we had planned on. We're feeling and grieving letting go of that. There's more though. I mean, like... For the first summer ever, we, we had, like, really put our kids into stuff, you know? We're, we're kind of like the people that don't do that every summer. But this summer, it was like, oh, we're going to get our kids to go to these Ryla camps, these leadership camps. And we're going to get Tate in a soccer camp, and we're going to make some of this happen for the first time. I was even supposed to speak at one of the Ryla camps. And then slowly but surely, all of that just kind of got canceled and, and dropped there was this film academy thing in California that Silas was applying for. You know, he's going to be going to college soon, and we wanted him to get his foot in the door at one of these institutions out there, and he was going to go learn more about film and editing and, and that kind of stuff and be in California, and that was let go. Financially speaking, I, I'm, I'm a wedding guy. <laughs> I'm an officiant, first and foremost. That's, like, what I do for financial means. And weddings, they're not happening right now too much. Um, they're not going on. And so there's all of those concerns that also like come up and that you're having to let go of certain things. We're letting go of family visiting. We're letting go of having and getting to go visit family. We're letting go of me personally. I started this kind of prayer group with like three other guys, four other guys. And like we were meeting in person. We got to meet one time before this hit. And it was so cool to be in person with them and to share struggles and to talk about things that we're like all experiencing in the season of life and to support one another. And then now we can't do that in person. And it's just a different kind of vibe. There's like a, there's, there's like a loss of connection there. And 
I mean, there's all the crazy stuff. I mean, I've said some pretty heavy stuff. There's also just the fact that, like, I don't know, if you're like me, if you're like my dad, if you're like Ann's dad, like, it's hard to sit still. It's hard to stay inside your house. I'm just grieving the loss of being able to drive somewhere and grab a (laughs) Coca-Cola. Like, I'm not doing that right now. And it's hard. It's not easy. And so there's stuff like that, haircuts. I mean, lots of us are going without haircuts. You know, like, it's like, (laughs) what are we going to do? I don't know. I've been watching some interesting hair out there. On macro and micro levels, we're dealing with loss. We're dealing with grief. And and we can feel that discomfort. Now, if you go check out that article, if you check out that link, in that article they suggest a few different ways, a few different practices of kind of managing and processing and dealing with that loss, with that discomfort, with that grief, right? On your micro level, you're dealing with fill in the blank. First, you name it. You recognize it. You pay attention to it. You put words to it. You can write it down and you can say what that is, just like that list of things that I gave you. First, you name it. Then there's kind of some ways of kind of processing it and and engaging it. The first one that the article really talked about was just coming to the present. It's kind of what we talked about last time, which was this day, this moment, right now. And they've got some really easy practical practical tips. It's like you're in a room and you look around and you name five things in the room, (laughs) right? To pull you to the moment. So you're here and your head isn't somewhere else. You're trying to create that present moment. So you look around and you name like five things and then you breathe and you feel the breath. You feel it coming in. You feel it going out, in and out. And then you feel, you use your senses, right? So maybe you feel You know, the desk that you're sitting at or the chair that's giving you support or the floor and the ground beneath your feet. Maybe you feel the warmth of the sun on your face or the breeze through the air. Or maybe you feel the steps that you're taking with your feet and you just come to the present moment. A lot of times coming to the present moment helps us deal and process grief. Something else that they said in the article was simply finding balance. And that's tonight why I've titled this talk, The Balancing Act. Because I think finding balance is the most important part. I have a friend, her name is Katie Buller, and I'm not sure if she's watching, but Katie Buller and I often joke about how we should be hired to be the people who think through the worst case scenario for people because it just seems almost natural to us that we can like identify and pick out and be like, oh, that could happen or that or that. And if you get us together, I mean, we could give you a really good list. So if you're looking for worst case scenario people, you can hire myself and Katie Buller. Um, But I think in these moments when you find yourself gravitating towards something like that, the worst case scenario, What you have to remember to practice, if you're like me, is to also imagine the best case scenario. You find that balance. You strike that middle. You find that rhythm. Because if the worst comes to you, then also imagine the best. It's not ignoring either one, but it's also not letting one perspective or one dominate the other and get all of the attention, right? So finding that balance is really, really essential. 
The article overall just basically says we're trying to let go of what we can't control. You know, we're trying to figure out what that difference is. And so overall, it's this idea of surrendering and feeling, naming and feeling our grief and surrendering and letting go of what we can't control. You kind of lament and express your loss and the grief that you feel. You don't avoid your feelings. You don't numb your feelings. Rather, you name them, that grief, and then you feel it. And then you try and also let go. And me, recently, I've got this kind of brief little story that I want to share with you guys, simply because I felt like it it encapsulates and, it, and expresses the idea of coming to the present this day, as well as balancing and letting go, all wrapped in one. It was just a couple of days ago, and I did something that I probably shouldn't have done that day, which was like kind of dip into the news a little bit for me. And immediately I can feel the toll it takes on me. And so I kind of sat with that a little bit and, and I kind of did my, let's muster up my love and my strength and the healing and the joy and let me send it out and let me also receive to myself. But still that just wasn't enough because the worst case scenario kind of kept bubbling up to the surface. And so I took some time and I... Anne went for a run and she took off and I was a little down. And so I reached out to my boys who were outside jumping on a trampoline that I dug out. And um, we've got that set up. So they're like loving life right now and bouncing. Um, But I told them we should play a game. And so they came inside immediately and they were like, well, let's play a game. And then I said, well, give me like 10 minutes. And then so while I had those 10 minutes, they started playing with Legos. And so then I came in and I started playing with Legos And then my oldest son, Silas, who was in his room editing a video, came in and laid on a bed in the room and was like, you know, poking fun at us and all that kind of stuff. Before long, we were like laughing, all of us, the four of us boys, and we were throwing Legos at each other and building things. And then that led to Silas desperately begging us to go outside because it was warm where we've set up a four square little uh, action place. And so we went out and we played four square the four of us, for like a good solid hour. It was awesome. And we got caught up in Foursquare, and then we came in, and then we did a dance. We worked on a dance, because Silas has this TikTok account, and he's been creating some things. And, um, oh, nice. Wait a minute. I got another picture of someone who's partying. Someone who's partying. Yeah! Trisha, hi on. I don't know if you guys could see it. I got another picture. I'll keep showing them. If I keep looking at my phone and you guys keep sending them, I swear. Um, but Silas, Ann, and Tate and I, we all worked really hard on this dance and it's super goofy and it was super fun, but we just got lost in it. Right. And for like an hour until I got blisters on my feet, believe it or not, um, we worked on this dance. I was going to show it. I don't know. Can I show it Silas? I don't know if they'll mute it on Facebook or not, but you guys can always see the dance, okay? Like, here it is, if I could show it. Yep. There it is. (laughs) It took us like an hour. We're all laughing and pushing each other over and, like, doing a million retakes and just having a blast. And then we went into dinner. We transitioned into dinner. 
And then after dinner, we transitioned into video games. I played with the four boys. And then after that, everybody kind of went to bed. And then Ann and I watched a show. And I fell asleep. And I woke up the next day. And I swear, you guys, I had forgotten that COVID-19 was even a thing. I woke up. And for about 15 minutes that next morning, it didn't even... It didn't even take up space in my head. And instead, I was lost and caught up in what I was doing in the present. And I had let go of some of that stuff, like the heaviness and some of that grief and some of that loss. And I was just balancing. I was like completely on the other side of where it didn't even exist. And I'm telling you what, it felt so good to kind of strike that chord and bring me back to the center right? To where I wasn't ignoring it, but like I was back to the center. I swear, like when I woke up that way the next day, it felt so good and being caught up in that spot. Now, our emotions, and I think he says this in the article, need motion. Our emotions need movement. Um, we're not supposed to fight, struggle, resist, suppress, and bottle them up. Instead, our, our emotions need to move through us. There's a movement that needs to occur. We go from macro, again, we go from macro to micro and back to macro and back to micro. There's a rhythm there. There's a movement that needs to occur. We can't get stuck in one place. We swing from side to side and we attempt to find that balance. We name the grief we feel. We feel it and it moves through us. And then we keep going. Right? We keep going. We start that movement. And so that's a bit about the discomfort that we're feeling, the loss, the grief. Now I want to think just a little bit more about the balancing act. Um, the keeping going part because we manage, we process our grief and we also find meaning in it and through it. That's what we do. Why am I dressed like this tonight? Why did I declare tonight a birthday bash? Why did I ask you guys to dress up? Why did I say let's get together and let's celebrate during a pandemic birthdays why am I even like embarrassing my oldest and like sitting like this and my family right now is like laughing at me and smiling at me? Why am I doing this tonight? Why am I finding a cause for celebration? Because I'm trying to swing back towards some balance. I personally have a tendency to get a little stuck in the feeling of grief um, and the heaviness of it and the loss of it. Um, I have a tendency to kind of get stuck there. It's kind of who I am. Now, there's a story I want to tell you about this guy named Neil. Man, I hope Neil watches this because Neil used, used to be my neighbor before we moved. And Neil's in his 70s. And I was having a rough day and he knew that I was having a rough patch. And I came outside, and Neil happened to be outside, and he said, how are you doing, Phil? And Neil's older, wiser. Um, sometimes he's a little bit more t- 
to the point, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and he was like, how are you doing, Phil? And I'm like, I'm all right. You know, um, I'll be glad, like, just once, once I can find that job, you know, that just allows me to kind of take care of my family. And, and once, once I'm in a place where I feel like I'm not struggling with that or, or my kids are like doing this. And once I can feel, I just, I kind of went into details with him and it's so funny cause he's, he's listening to me and he's shaking his head. And then right after I finished talking about all these things that I feel like I've lost or things that I don't have or things that, um, have just kind of gotten away from me. He looks at me and he said, man, you're wishing for all of that, huh? You wish you were there, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, congratulations, Phil. And he said some things like, you're a good father. You're a good husband. You've got a house. You guys ate today. You know what I mean? And he just kind of like wrapped it up all nice and neat for me and gave it to me. And I remember sitting there being like, ah, he's right. Like I'm focused on all of this kind of stuff that I feel like I've lost. But look at, honestly, all my dreams are sort of coming true, right? Like, it's just a slight shift of perspective. And I just remember walking away from that thinking, man, that's kind of what I need sometimes. This, like, little shift in perspective. So it's a lot like birthdays. We started with birthdays. We're going to end with birthdays. The birthday bash. I had gotten to this place in my life where my birthday... Like, if you had bumped into me and you'd been like, Phil, hey, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. How's it going? And I'd be like, well, it's just kind of like another day, you know? <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it just another day, except it's April 8th? Um, and I guess like a long time ago, I was born. But, I mean, it's kind of just another day, right? Now, Anne, my wife, has recently and throughout our marriage helped me kind of change that view a little bit, Right? And, 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 like, as I look back over my birthdays, they're not just another day. And I don't want to approach them like they're just another day either. It's that slight shift in perspective. Looking back, some of my favorite birthday memories, oh, my gosh, I'm going to start sequentially and chronologically. But I had this surprise birthday party that my parents and especially my sister helped throw. Like, when I was younger, and we had all my friends over, and I remember that on that day, huge storm in April, obviously, like springish time in the Midwest, Illinois, um, huge tornado warning, the sirens go off, I'm like, my birthday's going to be wrecked, and that kind of feeling sucks, but looking back on that day, I swear, all I can be overcome with are these emotions that, like, my sister really, really cared enough to try and help plan this surprise birthday party for me. Pretty freaking incredible. Loved it. Loved the idea of celebration. I remember having a really bad time in middle school, and I was interested in music. And um, I remember my parents getting me this keyboard um, that I had fallen in love with, and I was trying to, like, sequence beats and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I walked in. I had, had a horrible day, and there was this keyboard sitting there. It's like this memorable day where I got this gift And it was celebrating me and my interests and my personhood and who I am. It was pretty incredible. I remember being uh, also getting a drum set. I had the choice of getting a drum set or a dog, a cocker spaniel to be exact. But I chose a drum set because a drum set doesn't die and a dog 
I didn't want to get attached. Anyway, um, some of the best birthdays. I remember one when I turned 30. And we were out here, and Ann and I were doing Sky, and Ann threw a surprise birthday party for me. Another one. And I haven't had many of those in my life. And and it was with all of these Summit County youth students, and we, like, did things, and, and such a great evening together. Most recently, I celebrated 40, and Ann surprised me by bringing two of my best friends out here to Colorado, and I get to spend a couple of days with them uninterrupted and just connecting with them. Now, here I am, I'm 41, almost 42, and I'm celebrating my birthday during a pandemic, and with all of you, and joining like others, and tomorrow, what's incredible is that I get to spend an entire day with my wife and my three boys, and we've created a schedule, and it's going to be this long event, and it's going to be awesome, and we're going to get to have that interaction with one another. That probably wouldn't happen (laughs) if it weren't for a pandemic. So I'm considering myself really lucky, really blessed to kind of have that happen. A shift in perspective to look at, it's not just another day. Actually, it's a special day. It's a day worth celebrating, worth putting energy into, worth making a big deal out of someone. And celebrating their existence and their smile and their presence and their joy and all that they've added to who it is you are in your life. Perhaps what we all could use is a little shift in perspective and maybe we can even create or uncover some cause for celebration, some cause for celebration right now. Another story about Neil, just quickly. Um, recently, I posted something in the last year that was just about like, oh, like I'm so thankful and grateful for, and I like said these things. And Neil added on there, he said, at my age, <laughs> he said, I'm always thankful when I wake up that day. That's what he said. And I think sometimes we're overlooking some of the miraculous things about this gift of life that are cause for celebration. A lot like when he said to me, well, congratulations, Phil, you've got all of this. And it's like, oh my gosh, I was so focused on the loss and on this. I didn't even realize what I already have and who I already am and all that is really cause for celebration. I once read in a book somewhere that said, you know, if, if you're going to pray in your life, there's really only two words you ever need to pray. And it's the best prayer forever. And it's simply the two words, thank you. Thank you. And you can look around at your life. You can feel, name, process, grief, and loss. And then you can come out on the other side and you can have this shift of perspective And you can say thank you, and you can find so many reasons to celebrate. So many different reasons. So my point, my hope for all of you, first, is to feel your loss, your grief, to name it, to really wrap your head around it, to embrace it. And then on the other side, it's to keep going. It's to open your eyes and to see what you couldn't see before. 
It's to find a cause for celebration, to be on the lookout, and to be intentional to feel and experience this gift of life that we've all been given. I believe that collectively and individually, we're experiencing a great loss. A great loss. And it's definitive. It's shaping us and it's changing us forever. We will never be the same. I also believe that on the other side, we will also experience a great shift, a great change, a great transformation that will be something we couldn't experience otherwise, and it will be a great cause for celebration. Now, I plug books all the time, and I've plugged this book a million times. It's called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. This is a great book about necessary endings, that there are endings that come, and that there's also life and other beginnings that couldn't come otherwise. Um, It's about finding that meaning in and through grief. It's about recognizing the ending, naming it, experiencing it, embracing it, and then also moving forward. It's the keep going part. It's the keep going part. I would love for you guys to check out this book. It's awesome. It's a good one. I'll put it in the next Mortal Life email so you can get a link and stuff. Now, one thing that I do want to mention, because I did grow up in the Christian tradition, and we're in the middle of something called Holy Week for the Christian tradition. It's pretty awesome. Um, The Holy Week is happening right now. Pretty interesting stuff. Friday coming up is Good Friday. Sunday coming up is Easter Sunday. And I personally, I love the story of Jesus. The life, the story, all of it. It's something that really connects and resonates with my heart. Now, Easter ties directly into this idea of grief and loss giving way to change, new life, and celebration. It's this miraculous, mysterious kind of like formula. Like, people have talked about it, but Easter is this this idea of this resurrection pattern. It's this death and life kind of thing. And I love to picture humanity on this timeline. Here we are on this timeline, humanity. And we're kind of going along and we're growing, we're maturing, we're advancing, we're progressing. And currently, we are in a huge period of collective loss and grief. We're feeling it, and we're naming it, and we're processing it, and we will get through it. We will come out on the other side. And out ahead of us is this hope, is this joy, is this celebration that, like, we couldn't experience otherwise. I really believe that that's true. And all around me, I'm already catching glimpses of it. I mean, it's in the smallest things, but I know it and I can feel it and I know it's there and it's building. But like, so we canceled our um, Costa Rica trip. I already told you about that. Bummer, bummer, bummer. I had to be online with American Airlines and um, Delta Airlines. And I talked to those two people. And while I was online with them, we had actual conversations. (laughs) We talked about the fact that like, 
um, what they're doing with their families. I talked with them and, and where they used to live and where they currently live and what's going on. And it was this amazing exchange and connection over the phone that I feel like normally would have been business as usual. But it wasn't business as usual. Something shifted, and we felt something across that phone that otherwise would have been, like, just glossed over. And here we are talking and having this exchange and making this happen. Now, I live in a pretty happy place, and I feel like people are pretty nice to one another. But here's the thing right now. People are appreciating walks more than ever before. <laughs> before it was like, ah, I might go for a walk, I might not. It's like, no, today I'm going for a walk and I'm going to make that happen. And by the way, every human being I see along the way, I'm going to like acknowledge them and wave to the, ah, there's another human being coming. Hey, hey, hey. You know, keeping our distance, but like valuing that connection and knowing it's a necessity knowing it's something that I crave and that I desire and that I need, we are starting to appreciate things differently. We are starting to see things through a different perspective and a different kind of lens. And that change and that transformation is going to continue to happen for us. I believe that we're going to reevaluate our needs and our priorities and our values and so much else and it will cause us to change and transform in ways that we didn't even see coming. We will be a new kind of people, a different kind of way of life. And I'm looking forward to that. And I'm excited about that. And I believe that that's cause for celebration. And I believe that, honestly, at the heart of the story of Jesus, that's what Jesus always talked about, was just us becoming this new kind of humanity with this different set of priorities, this different set of values, because our heartbeat is that of God's. <laughs> and that's how we live, and that's how we breathe. So Easter coming up on Sunday holds a slightly different meaning this year. I feel like when we pull it into our context and where we are right now, this kind of like loss and grief giving way to new life and transformation is pretty, pretty incredible stuff. So I wanted to share that story with you too. Now, I'm looking at the clock. I'm seeing that it's 7.42. Going to have to put this guy back on because this is a birthday bash. You guys got dressed up. This handlebar mustache, by the way, is real. Just want to let you guys know. That's 100% real. Yeah. Now, this will be the best closing to a mortal life night ever. Here we go. Until next time, friends. May you see this day as an opportunity to name your loss, your discomfort, your grief. And may you allow yourself to feel it, to embrace it, to experience it and to allow it to move through you. Move through you, and then may you keep going, and may you find cause for celebration, interacting and enjoying this gift of life that we've been given. 
And of course, of course, happy birthday to all of you. Because here's what I see. If we're becoming something new, if there is actually this kind of loss and letting go and death, that means there's this new life, which is like a birth, right? It's kind of like a rebirth. And so I'm saying happy birthday to all of you on April 7th, 2020. Happy birthday to you, to me, to all of us, because we're new people. We're becoming something different. And it's exciting, and it's a great cause for huge celebration. So if you're dressed up tonight, we're going to sign off. We're going to get out of here. You need to grab a drink, grab some snacks, go for a walk, and wave at everybody. Make it happen. Bring back that swing and find that balance, because this is a balancing act. We're not ignoring the grief. We're feeling it, naming it, experiencing it. We're also going to keep going. And we're going to celebrate. And we're going to find things to celebrate about. Great cause for celebration. Right? So happy birthday, MTL people. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Always will. Always will. Can't wait to celebrate in person after this. All right. So we will see you next time, next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I won't look like this. Thank goodness. And we're going to dive into music and how it moves us as people. Like music, the trigger that it is for us. We're going to talk about music and some songs and some lyrics and some good stuff. And I'm sending out an email to try and share a playlist with you. So look for that. Listen to those songs. I'm going to check my phone real quick to see if I got any more pictures. Some of you are probably too embarrassed to send them. I understand. I understand. I am not too embarrassed to get on here and um, dress like this. I did get a text from Susan Westhoff. Susan, yeah. She says, um, cry face emoji laughing. That's what she's just sent to me. And I know... Lots of you are sending stuff to Ann back there. She's going to show it all to me after we get off of this. Um, It's exciting stuff, man. And again, if you want to send us anything, requests, thoughts, ideas, do so. Text us, message us, email us, all of that. Um, I'm grateful and thankful to provide a place where we can create some authenticity, some vulnerability, and talk about heavy stuff. And also light stuff. And especially striking a chord with that balance. Alright? We love you guys. Happy Easter. Happy, happy birthday. (laughs) We'll see you next time.